Support for PSG Talk is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped is taking over the world and is now available for all of your grooming needs. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PSGTALK, all one word, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Make sure to use the promo code PSGTALK. And now, let's get into the show. Hello, this is Matt, Kose, Mark, Guillaume, James, Mel, Zach, this is David, this is PSG Talking, the seul podcast sur le PSG en anglais. Hello and welcome to the latest installment of PSG Talking. I'm your host, Ed, and joining me today, we've got Guillaume, we've got Mel, we've got Ty, we've got Matt. It's a full crew, and we're here to break down PSG's 4-1 demolition over Barcelona. Guys, on the previous podcast, I know some of you guys weren't here, but everyone was nervous. It was it was a depressing show. Um, Guillaume can speak to that. You yeah. were on that one. I'm sure we're all feeling much, much better now. But let's just go around. Let's get our overall thoughts on the match. And if you want to say hello to the audience, we'll start with Mel. Uh, he, he showed up here. We'll, we'll let him uh, kind of rag on his own self. He hasn't been on the show yeah, in a while. but bad, he should... bandwagon jumping. <laughs> right. I, I show up when, when, it's, when it's all good. I don't show up for the stress and anxiety of what if. Uh, no, I uh, <laughs> happy to be back. It's been a while. Um, good to have you back. I came into this room and it was all the good-looking people. I thought I had walked into the wrong room. So. And you're sitting up with the people at the Parc de Prince. If, if for those watching on YouTube, um, that's you right. Know. I'm in the Tribune up top. Guillaume's Guillaume's with the posh ones. He gets all the good food, but <laughs> you know we throw the flares up where I'm at. Well, Mel, tell, I'm not tell too us. far from Ty. If you look at him, not too far from Ty. There you go. Well, Mel, let, just get into it. What are your overall thoughts on this game? You know. Overall, I, I, I have two takeaways. One is that there were moments of note, and then there were true takeaways, right? Killian becoming the first player to score a hat-trick against Barcelona in, in a Champions League knockout phase. That's a moment of note, right? We need to pay attention to that. We need to call that out. Second. I think in the knockout phase. He's the third one to do a hat-trick overall after Espria and um, Shevchenko. Shevchenko, yeah. But the first one to do it in a knockout phase. Okay. Um, you know, he came into that match with 107 goals overall for the club, two behind Pauletta, the, the eagle of the Azores, and left uh, ahead of him, right? Incredible. But my real takeaway has nothing to do with Killian. It has to do with what I think, what I saw from players like Paredes, what I saw from players like Kurzawa, and what that means to me in terms of what Pochettino is able to do in terms of getting a tactical message across that actually shows performance in the match. And I think that's been a problem of ours is that it's hard to see sometimes what the tactical input was, but having watched those players and Draxler as well, right? But having watched those players for so long to see them come in and do a specific set of things really makes it clear that the tactical communication was there, that Pochettino knows what he wants to do in terms of assessing these squads and going after yeah. their weaknesses. And then was able to really articulate that to the players that he had on hand and they performed a job. And it was a, it was a really fun experience to watch that. 100% agree with, uh, with Mel on that. Yeah. Well, Guillaume, take it from there. I mean, give us your, your brief overall thoughts on that. Well, brief. We're, well, we're going to do a deep dive on this game, but just overall, what, what were you, what were okay. you thinking about this game? So, I mean, <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to carry on, on on Mel's vibe here because when I watch Tottenham's, Pochettino's Tottenham, um, when they were playing well, you, you had that feeling of a team, of a block, and each player giving the best he, he, could, he could according to his level. And at, for some moments, they were a really freaking brilliant team, but always a team. And I can't think it's a coincidence that when Herrera comes in, at halftime to replace Gay, he steps up and he has, he was the workhorse of the midfield in the second half, shunning Messi 
he could read Messi well. He, you know, he did a fantastic job of demolition and 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 gluing that midfield. I cannot believe that Draxler came in and did exactly, exactly to the dot to the letter what Posh wanted him to do, which is you can carry that ball like no one else can when Neymar is, you know. And Draxler did exactly that. And he, he did defensive work. I cannot believe that Kurzawa, who caused an unfortunate um, a penalty, really unfortunate. I mean, come yeah, on. We're, we're going to talk um, about that. Mentally, he wasn't destroyed by it. He's, he's got that. Remember also a few years ago, he caused a penalty and then he did an assist for Cavani, Cavani's goal. But the game Kurzawa had defensively, offensively, what? Fiorenzi played his best too. Oh my God, the call he does on this paradise pitch of a pass on the on the, uh, Mbappe's second goal. I mean, the run he does it's to beautiful. stay inside and like it's like he's in, he's in, he's in. Paredes, also, it's like they played with confidence. So perhaps, it's all coincidence, but perhaps not. Perhaps Posh and his staff have, have a more, I don't know, central, warmer approach uh, in the communication with players. Uh, Thomas Tuchel is a strange guy. He's incredible, but he's a bit of a strange guy. And maybe there's like an additional layer in the way of getting the best of his players um, uh, for, for, for the Pochettino era. Well, we're about to find out. Uh, the Monaco game is going to be very interesting. Do, do, how how Poch can manage the, those big moments and remotivate his team. And what a night. What, what a, a night. <laughs> Magical. What a game. What? Wow. (laughs) Oh, my God, guys. It was huge, huge, huge. Did anyone just, like, let out a scream after that final whistle? I know I did. I was like, ah! I was definitely louder than Di Maria. And if you saw his uh, Instagram story. I I was loud, too. And some people in his house are working from home and had a work call and that was a bit embarrassing apparently yes what a night what a night night. matt pick up on that um overall thoughts i mean you've been a psg fan for a long time what what did this mean to you did you think it was going to happen just take it from there uh yeah um i i think i'm i'm still in a little bit of shock to be honest i didn't really think it was going to happen no i think that i was kind of resigned to a draw or a if we took a one goal defeat out of it I was thinking oh well that wouldn't be too bad and we'll see how it goes in the second leg um but I wasn't expecting that performance at all it was a little bit a little bit out of the blue wasn't it and I think um I think what Guillaume said is absolutely right about what Poch did at Tottenham you could definitely see echoes of that through the whole team the way that he'd obviously got them all together and got them up for the match and that was something that was really really evident in his time at Tottenham he I don't think they signed a player for about four or five transfer windows in a row but he ran like every little bit of value he could get out of those players and you saw that last night with guys like you guys were saying with people like Kazawa who haven't and even Paredes who haven't necessarily always performed for us were absolutely giving it everything I mean my only sort of my only note of caution would be that we have seen these kind of performances in the Thomas Tuchel era. You think back to that first leg against Man United, some of the group games against Liverpool, albeit in a sort of slightly less pressurised situation. Uh, also, Barcelona not that's confident. Quite... Not that's yeah, confident. Not I, I confident. Think, I think that the I was thinking about this last night. I think that the performance reminded me of that first leg against Man United, but. We, the execution we took yeah exactly the execution everything went right and also Barcelona were quite bad weren't they so I I think it's a small sample size and I wouldn't want to get too carried away because we have seen under Tuchel that we have been able to put together a full 90 minutes of good stuff on occasion but rarely and hopefully it's going to become a bit more regular occurrence and I'm very excited to see what what he can do with these players they were bad, but there's the reason why they were bad. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Matt, are you are you foreshadowing us another six-one? 
don't, any, don't answer that. We don't even I'm need to bring that up. <laughs> oh, man, I was having to like really rein myself in on Twitter last night because I was like, I want to be so smug. I want to be so smug. But it could happen, couldn't it? Like, you wouldn't put it past PSG. No, you're shaking your head, Guillaume. But, I mean, I bet if I Not went anymore. back to listen to the Man Not United... Anymore. Not After anymore. the first leg of that one, Not we were anymore. like, no, it Not... can't happen, can't happen. No, 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 I no, predicted no, no. like 8-0 against the, uh, Manchester United in the return leg. And, and <laughs> I was smug enough last night, so I, I'm going to take all yeah. the egg on my face if it happens. Uh, Ty, <laughs> Ty, bring us home on this initial topic. Give us your thoughts on the match. Yeah, no, I think, um, listen, I feel the same way that the majority of the guys do. Um, I think, you know, to piggyback off of just a few points, um, because a lot of my points are the same as you guys. Um, for Guillaume, uh, agree 100% on the lighter touch. I think one thing that we all know, and, you know, we've all heard about Poch is his man management ability. You know, so Tuchel is a great tactician, right? He just wants to coach football. And I think he said that. He said, you know, Paris is too much. It's, it's the politics. It's I just want to coach. He just wants to be at a club. And when he's at a club that isn't on the spotlight, he can do that, right? Um, I think Poch, when you look, even when things went bad at at Tottenham, the players didn't want Poch gone. I think there were stories about Harry Kane crying and Deli Alley and players going to his house when he got fired because he he develops that relationship. And I think that's also part of the reason why he was brought in is to try and develop that relationship with Neymar and with Killian. And I think there was even a report yesterday that Killian has taken and Neymar have taken really well to to um to Pochettino so I think you know last night was the first time I saw quote-unquote Poch ball mm -hmm. I saw Pochettino playing a style and I think one of the things that I was kind of critical on was up until yesterday there haven't been much difference in terms of tactical play between Tuchel and Poch I think yesterday um the first goal is was was a perfect example. Like that was the first time we saw the mid block. We saw the 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 pressing, you know, from variety and other individuals and the fullbacks high, um, what Poch wanted to do and kind of the system he played when he, you know, was in Tottenham. And I think the caliber of players he has here is a lot different. The other thing I, I will take away, and it's really just giving props to Guillaume. And I think I I sent you a message today, right? Because I was kind of critical. Thanks. Um, yesterday, yesterday or two days ago on Verratti in the 10. I just didn't think that, you know, from what I had seen so far, he hadn't really impressed me. Now, I did give him credit and say that I think he could be, but it just takes time. And he hadn't had enough games when Neymar was gone. There were certain differences where you could see that Verratti was still comfortable. I think with that first goal, he came from behind Busquets to, to receive the pass from Gay. If that was Neymar, he's on the half turn and he's up. You saw Verratti kind of take a step back and then come from in front of Busquets again. Um, but luckily enough, he has the technical ability to deliver a beautiful pass. But listen, it was um, a beautiful performance. Um, I think one thing we said too is the team's ability in the past to also, you know, on Matt's point, to rise to the occasion when stars are missing, right? They did it against Real Madrid where people have counted us out. So I, I do still want to see more. I, I agree with Guillaume that I don't think we'll revert back to 6-1. But with that being said, that doesn't mean that I think I'm 100% sure that we see this same performance. I could see us advancing and still taking a 1-1 result in Paris or something. I, I need to see it more consistently. And I think if, if we do a similar job after last year's run, I think then we can start saying, okay, like, we're now performing at the expectation levels of a big club, right? You go home and you you put together a sound 2-0 victory or a 3-0 or do something similar to this. Some of the concerns go away, but also I don't think Barcelona is as good. I don't think they played terribly, though. I think they had chances, right? If Dembele is a little bit more clinical. Mm, you know, Dembele had a shot that was literally at the penalty spot that he put no sauce on, you know what I mean? So that's a completely different game. You know what I mean? Keeler so, Navas almost um, kicked the ball into his own net. Exactly. <laughs> like, on a different day, that goes in. You know yep. what I mean? And the Krizawa thing, that's not a huge deal for me. You know, listen, it was a very ticky-tack call. I think if they gave that, I think a makeup call was the the Moise Keen handball. A different ref easily gives that. I mean, it was a clear handball. I think this ref just had the ability to realize, listen, he really couldn't do much with it, but we've seen worse, right? We've seen refs give that. You know, so I think that was kind of a makeup call. Um, but listen, it, it was a great performance, man. Um, I think the one thing I'm interested in, and maybe we'll dive in later, is with Verratti playing so well there, I'm really interested to see what Pacha does because that's where Neymar plays. That's Neymar has always played in a free role and has had that license to roam freely. 
I would like to see him maybe one or two games play Verratti in that spot when Neymar comes back. Maybe you substitute where Keane is for Neymar because, you know, he can play on that side as well. Or you put Mbappe on that side or you put Keane up top. You know, you interchange him with with Icardi. Um, I think, you know, in a game like that, I can only imagine Neymar going up against Jorginho Desk or Jordi Alba. I mean, it would absolutely terrorize them because they were lost yesterday. They were absolutely lost. Dembele wasn't tracking back. I feel bad for Des because as a, as a USA, you know, looking forward to the 2026 World Cup at home, um, the coach has to just be looking at that and be like, I just see us drawing France in the, the first round if we make it out of the group stage and Mbappe just absolutely terrorizing him. He put him on a poster yesterday. He put him in a blender. Yeah. Honestly, it was it was tough to watch. But um, but great performance, man. I'm excited. Um, the, the work's not over, though. You know, I'm, I'm, I wasn't too smug. I retweeted some things on Mbappe yesterday, but I'll be smug and kind of put the final nail in this Barcelona era because the, the club is, it's in shambles. You know what I mean? So we're, we're going to we'll talk be, about that shit. shambles oh, well. uh, point in a little yeah. bit. No, but. no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy, but I want to see it through. I, don't, yeah. I want this to be 8-1 mm-hmm. over aggregate. On aggregate, right? That that's what I want. I I'll want, take six okay, one. Two. Six one on aggregate yeah. would be poetic. No. I'll take that. No, I'll no, take no. eight one too. Yeah, yeah I would eight gladly one. take eight one and then we say, Destroy you know them. what? Them. Messi leaves this summer and how ironic that PSG was the club to put you out of your misery after you couldn't re sign Neymar and after you know Messi's leaving and this is what you're left with. We just leave you in shambles. This I, could be the last Messi Champions League at Barcelona that we see. And it's us putting them out. I love it. We, we are going to talk about that just a little bit about Barcelona because I, I feel PSG killed Barcelona with that game. But I, I want to talk about Mbappe. Um, Mel brought him up. We can start with Mel here, go back around. But let's talk about Mbappe. He, under Tuchel, didn't score in the Champions League for what? A year? Something like that? A calendar year? Um, uh, don't put that on Tuchel, though. No. Well, don't put I'm that just, on Tuchel. Don't put that on Tuchel. Is it a coincidence? And you, well, is it a coincidence in Pach's first Champions League game under PSG, and Bobby scores a hat trick? Coincidence? Yes. Go ahead, Mel. <laughs> I, I I will say it's a bit coincidental, right? But it's also a function of of a variety of things. One is Neymar's not in the side, right? So with Neymar not in the side, and you're thinking. Let me place Kurzawa behind Dembele to challenge that space because even though you've seen Barcelona have some success in La Liga, you know that Dembele will not track back. Right. So once you see Dembele there, you've given Kurzawa nice and clear instructions. That creates space also for Neymar to run in, right? So I mean for Mbappe to run in. So Mbappe, um, and and then when you have Verratti in the spot, Verratti's always got his heads up, head up, looking for the over the top pass, looking for the through pass, and, and Mbappe's speed just makes that possible. Things that you wouldn't necessarily consider in terms of dropping a ball in over the top, you can drop a ball into space and know that no one's going to out accelerate Kylian Mbappe to the ball. So he just thinks that way. Um, and then there's the coincidence of being in the right place at the right time. But the commentator in English on on, on for the Champions League called it out. You, as a striker, know to be in that space so that when the rebound comes, you can put it in, right? So it's a lot of different things that played a role. I wouldn't necessarily put it on Tuchel, but I do think that Pochettino and the setup played a role in supporting the possibility. Sure. Sure. No, that's all good points. Guillaume, you're saying it was a coincidence, but what did you see? How did Mbappe... I saw Mbappe 100% back at 100% physically. I mean, he doesn't, the dribble he does through Messi and Buskets, uh, Buskets, Bucket in the, in the midfield. <laughs> I call them Biscuits. And biscuits, then, yeah. you know, Piquet trying to hold his jersey, which has become a meme all over the, the internet, is back 100% physically. Um, and that, that was a process. And he was saying, you know, I've been fried mentally, I'm tired physically. And he took, he took a, you know, he was awful for like a couple of months. And when you're like this, you're looking ahead and it's, you see that, you know, there's going to be that game at Camp Nou with Messi. He likes playing Messi. He likes playing Messi a lot. A second time and Messi is like, oh, God. This kid again. And uh, then Neymar is injured. And, you know, he's feeling great. He's feeling his sensations back. And Posh probably felt it too. And and man management and, you know. So it's a combination of things. But it's 
for me, mainly because he's hardest person back physically and the occasion. Yeah, yeah. Great players rise to the occasion, and this is a fantastic occasion. And you could tell right away that was his night. Like, but he didn't do that touches. in the final. He didn't rise to the occasion in the final under Tuchel, which was like why I was asking. All because of a physically, physically, yeah. he, was, uh, he was done. Yeah, it was right after was, COVID. He was after four months uh, interruption. I mean, he's a, you know, nobody was great. Um, uh, and Bayern Munich aren't Barcelona. And exactly. Bayern Munich aren't and, and Barcelona neither, and that's for sure. And he had chances in the final. Like, let's not put that, you know, the, the chances were there for him and Neymar. Should have scored. Away. You know what I mean? Um, that goal. Exactly. He, so he, he did what, showed up. He did what Dembele did to us. Yeah. You know, that, that, like, weak shots. Yeah. You know. Hey, whatever. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Matt, Matt, what did you see um, out of Mbappe? Was it something Poch did, or was this just Barcelona has a bunch of, you know, 55 year olds playing defense and he just ran past them? <laughs> yeah. The, um, the, the commentator on, I was watching on BT Sport, he was like, well, Gerard Piquet has the gamble paid off. This is at 3-1. And I'm like, mate, look at the score. Look what's happened to him. Like, has the gamble paid off, for goodness sake. Like, um, uh, well, first of all, I'd just like to say hi as well to all the Man United fans who I've had in my mentions telling me that Mason Greenwood is better than Mbappe uh, over oh, the last Lord. few months. Like, <laughs> oh, man, these people are idiots. Like, say hi. Yeah. Love them being idiots. It's great. Yeah. It's um, it's just incredible. Like um, I think I think there's a bit of what you've all said basically. I've, I think the thing which stood out to me was that he just looked happier. Like he just looked like he was at ease with himself. He looked a bit like more like he used to be. Like it feels like the last few, maybe the sort of I'd say the last year, like things have been weighing heavy on him. He's always just looked a bit annoyed with life. Like and that's not what you expect from Mbappe. You want that sort of that sort of real energy, that happiness, that sort of smile, that kind of real level-headed guy that we saw come through at Monaco and in the sort of 2018 World Cup and stuff, always like playing with a smile on his face. And I think like last night he just looked in control of everything. I think he just felt like at home on that stage in the big occasion, this is my pitch. I'm going to take control of this game and show people what I can do. Maybe maybe he's been reading that, you know, PSG are, you know, nothing without Neymar and that, you know, we can't, we can't play without him. And maybe he thought, oh, it's time to, time to remind people what I can do. So it was, I think there probably is a bit of the physical aspect of it as well. I think it's been a mental schedule for him. Well, just in his career generally, actually, if you think about his, you know, the last four years, say since he was 18 to now, he's basically been playing football all the time and that is bound to catch up with you eventually. But, um, I think for me, it was just seeing him looking happy, looking relaxed and doing all those things which we know he can do. And when he plays like that, I mean, it's like watching like original Ronaldo, like literally, I don't think that's an exaggeration to say like he he's got everything. And it was just so exciting to see. So, yeah, yeah, all good. uh, Especially especially his fourth goal was nice. Um, Ty, I said this to Mark Damon in the other podcast that I Mbappe basically went into Messi's house with muddy, muddy shoes. And kind of like Rick James, just put him up on the sofa and just started kicking and then just left and didn't clean up a damn thing. I mean, Mbappe just disrespected the whole Barcelona team with that performance, and he didn't care. Um, It was brilliant, but you see this more as an individual, not so much what Poch did, not so much what Tuchel wasn't doing. But tell me, what did you see from Mbappe? How did he do what he did? Yeah, so I I think it's a combination of both. Listen, I I think... Yesterday, I think we can all agree it was the first time that we've seen potch ball, right? That's what we're going to be deeming it, potch ball on the podcast from now on. Um, but I think it's also a combination of the the opposition. Listen, let's let's not joke that you know Barcelona's defense, and we talked about it in the last podcast, has been leaky for a couple of years now. Um, you have a 34 or 33 year old uh, PK who I think that was his literally first game back in four months. He good, like literally. Good pick. Good exactly. Like he <laughs> has that game. He <laughs> hasn't. I, I think he had all of like four training sessions. Um, so he was definitely super rusty. And even when he's at full health, he can't keep up with Mbappe. Right. It's, it's just not there. Um, Lang Longley or Langlet. Um, he also is is OK. He's a D, he's an OK defender. You know, I, I wouldn't put him in that in that upper echelon. Um, he's made mistakes before. And it's also a case of listen, like Mbappe is hungry he is he reminds you from what i've heard right when you talk about you know our american listeners like that kobe bryant mentality right that mamba mentality like he 
he wants to be the best, right? He wants to be at that Ronaldo level. And he understands what it is on this night. Neymar's not here. Everyone's talking about he hasn't scored in, in X amount of time. Um, and, you know, other people are are also, you know, PSG fans are going to hate me for saying this. But listen, like when you look at Mbappe, whether you like it or not, you are looking at the next great Madrista, the next Galactico right there. Like he understands what no. it is to walk into Barcelona and to and to play against, you know, Touchy. Messi work. Yeah, we're Chris. subject. Listen, it's okay. I'm and I'm okay with it, right? Like I, I will have no. I've told this before. I will have no hard feelings if Mbappe only signs another year or two seasons and then eventually wants to broaden his horizons. He's a young kid who he he wants to be the best. He grew up watching Madrid. And listen, like good team or not, the lore right of playing and Guillaume knows this. The, the lore of putting on that jersey and you know being at that stadium and the go-to guy. Um, he sees it, you know what I mean? And he knows, and he was like, I'm going to come in here. I'm going to plant my flag and I'm going to do what I need to do. And I'm going to go home. And today the world was his oyster, you know? So I think it was a combination. I don't put it on Tuchel because Tuchel, you know, put Mbappe in positions to succeed, even if he didn't like Tuchel and maybe he didn't want to, you know, listen to him. Like he still wanted to play for the Jersey. And I think if you ask Mbappe, whether he hated Tuchel or not, or disliked him or whatever, he never woke up and said, hey, I'm not going to score for nearly 12 months in the Champions League. This kid's hungry, right? He wants to break records. He would have wanted to score whether he dislikes the coach or, or likes the coach. So I think it was a combination. In, I think, in, like, in, oh, go ahead, Matt. Sorry, Ed. I was just going to interrupt to say, uh, even if whether you say that, you know, Tuchel was having a uh, a negative or positive impact. I think what you can say is that normally when you change coach, it changes the atmosphere around the place. So I think even if new coach bounce, yeah, exactly. I think that is a it, it's not a scientific thing, but it is a thing that happens in football all the time. And it's natural that obviously you would assume Poch and Leonardo get on better, so you would assume the atmosphere behind the scenes is better, and you would assume that that rubs off a bit on the yeah. players. So even if it's just you know potentially a bit of that, I think you can say that the the change of coach has, has had some kind of contribution, whether it will be no, a lasting sure. one or not, remains for to be sure. seen. Uh, but I think when you look at also Mbappe, right, it, it doesn't matter who the coach is for any of us, right? Yeah. If we were in his shoes, you're a 21-year-old or 22-year-old kid, and you're about to go to the camp now and play for the first time, and you're going to play against Messi, and the bright lights are on, and you know everyone in the soccer world is tuned into your game. Not the Liverpool-Leipzig game. They are tuned into your game, and Neymar's not there. And if here. You already know everyone talks about you in Madrid. He knows it, right? What if I go in here and I really put the final nail in this coffin re- real quick and then just leave? Not only redeeming to PSG fans, Madrid's are going to love you. Spain is going to go crazy. He, he's aware of the moment. The kid, the kid loves oh, the yeah. big stage. He oh, loves he the big stage. In regards to the Real Madrid transfer rumors, I'll just say, you know, it's a big team. It's a big stadium, whatever, because of what other people have done. Kylian Mbappe can make PSG on that level by winning the Champions League, by winning the Ballon d'Or, by winning everything here and making PSG a destination for players. Neymar's going to sign an extension. So, like, he's he's making PSG just like a Real Madrid. So I'm hoping that he stays here and sees that I can carve out a unique legacy here instead of following in the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo. He yeah, can, he can be the Ronaldo in France. That's exactly right. Ed, he's gone. Oh, yeah, Ed, he's gone. proposition. He's gone, guys. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Like he's not gone now. He's not gone now. But in the next four years, Mbappe. Oh yeah, of course. Four, 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 well, he's we'll still see. young. So. We'll see. It'll be interesting because you've got to propose a project, right? You've got to propose a project, and he's got to see himself as part of a project. When Ronaldo and David Beckham and all those people went there, it was because the Galacticos was a project, right? And if they can't propose a better project than PSG, you know, I think it's just as likely that he stays here with the project that's proposed as goes. Now, if he's committed to his childhood dream, then there's nothing that anybody can do about that, right? Yeah, exactly. He may go there, he may be the only player there, <laughs> and they may suck. He's right? not gonna do it, he's not yeah. gonna do it. He's not no, gonna and, do he, it. and he no. won't do that, but, but Mel, you, you have to know, as much as we love PSG, and we all do, right? One thing I will never argue is that the quality of weekend and week out talent, unfortunately due a lot to TV rights and due to money, will not be able to compete with other leagues. And I think Mbappe would gladly win a CL with PSG and then eventually move on because he knows, unlike Neymar, who's already been there and done that, 
if he retires and stays a PSG person forever, for someone like him that has that hunger to be the best of the best, he knows that there will always be an asterisk next to his name because he played in the weakest of the top five leagues out of, out of everyone else. So eventually he will say, you know what? I need to prove to soccer fans around the world that I can do it somewhere else. Because what do they always say? Yeah, I don't care, you know, that he played again not on the weekend and scored three goals. I do care that he did it against Barcelona, but we don't have to watch Mbappe again for the next three weeks because we don't care what he does in Liga. We only care what he does in the Champions League. And, and that's basically and he, he what, knows that. And that's basically what our, our, our friend Craig Burley um, said on ESPN FC. <laughs> He's like, I don't care but what he does. Jules has said it. Yeah. Jules said it. Jules said he will leave eventually. He eventually yeah. will be gone. It's just a matter of time. I think, I think the, the, only, the only counter I have to that, I think all of that is true. All of that is just simply true. But it's true because of what Ed said. It's true because of what things that have happened in the past. Right. These leagues have the UEFA coefficient that they have because there's been performance at a certain level. Right. Mm -hmm. They have the investment that they have because there's been performance at a certain level. The only counter I would have to that, and maybe it's not a 50-50 proposition, maybe it's 70-30, but we are in a transitional moment. Right. We are in a transitional moment. Now, taxes, the tax situation just will straight up always challenge this. Right. It just it just will. A player can go anywhere they want. That player is likely to choose a place where they're going to just pay less taxes, right? That's just going to challenge this thing. But to a certain extent, I would argue that there have been, out of the last five years, there have been two years where where the league A has been the most competitive or the second most competitive league out of the five leagues. And part of that is because of the energy that PSG is bringing to the table, right? So. There's a transformative moment. I'm, we're certainly not the fifth best league, right? So there's a there's a transformative moment for me that is possible, but only if you can keep your stars and then people can have the chance to say over an extended period, what is it about this moment? What is it about happening over there that I might want to consider? And not only players, but investors, right? We want to get the right investors at Marseille. We want to get the right investors at Nice and Lille and these other clubs that have, I mean, Nice is a destination location, right? I wish I was there right now instead of two feet of snow. (laughs) Right. It's the opposite of where Ed is, right? (laughs) No, I agree, Mel. I think, um, and I agree a thousand percent. I I think football leagues and Guillaume has been watching soccer, you know, longer than I have. So he can even tell you, or or maybe some of you guys is that there's, there's a cycle to this, right? Like leagues rise and leagues die, right? It used to be Spain and now it's the premier league. There will come a time but again, the way that works usually is finances. And unfortunately, even I think someone put a stat the other day that teams in like the lower half of the Premier League who barely avoid relegation make equal to more than teams in the upper half outside of PSG from TV right money in, in France. You know, so if they can't pay their clubs, they can't pay your players. You know, you, PSG is the only team in France that can even probably pay Herrera's wages, let alone Mbappe and Neymar's, you know what I mean? So unfortunately, yes, Liga is competitive. It's a fun league to watch. I do disagree with individuals that say it's competitive, but is it competitive because outside of PSG, because the other teams really are at that level? I mean, I can't really name many teams in the upper half of Liga that could even maybe stay in the top six in the Premier League. You know, like, look, look at Marseille. They're in sixth place. Marseille would be relegated in the Premier League. They'd be relegated. They would be close. We, we should say that no matter what, how Marseille is playing. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that's that's my only thing with Mbappe is that as an Mbappe fan, someone who I want to see his names in the record books, eventually I do want him to prove to people that he can do it against the best week in and week out. As a, yeah. as a side note, yeah. tomorrow, uh, Thursday, there's the Europa League coming back and there's a great game and it's going to be a good test for Lille. Uh, there's Ajax Lusk. The Lusk. And uh, Lille won 3 0 in Milan, AC Milan, which is topping the, the Serie A right now. And uh, it's a good test for where are we as a championship in France and see how, because Ajax uh, kind of destroyed Lille in the Champions League last year, but it's a different team. And Lille is a very different team right now. Yeah. They're topping League One. So I would, uh, I would recommend watching that game to see um, where we are as a, you know, if Lille performs well, well against Ajax, I mean, remember what Lyon did last year in the Champions League, maybe Mel has a good point here that we PSG is bringing the whole 
the whole level yeah. up. No, and, I, and I think we are. And I think as a club, we are bringing the level up. We, we've got to right, for our guys, right. That coefficient's got to lead to investment, which got to lead to ownership, which has to lead to financing, which has to lead to TV deals. And, I mean, part uh, of the reason, I'm old enough to remember that part of the reason Liga, <laughs> La Liga was propagated in the United States was because it was one of the first um, football deals that was in HD. Right? Oh, interesting. So when flat screens televisions came out, it was one of the first things that you could see in a 16 by 9 format. It was this really beautiful look to the football versus 4 by 3 And it wasn't even the Messi-Ronaldo thing yet, right? Um, yeah. So it was just nice to look at. And so... You know, there's lots of different things that drive that. I think right now what's important is is that PSG, the legacy of, of, of QSI, I think, has to be that they left a league on filled with similar and similarly uh, committed investors who brought high-level finance to the table that were able to sustain and keep players so that you can get the television deals and the financing that, that propels the league on to its next 10 and 20 years, right? If, if they come... And they do a thing for 10 or 20 years and then they leave and PSG is owned by a colony capital again and the rest of the teams never get that full investment. Then the long term project, I think, you know, we, we might be satisfied. We might get a Champions League out of it. But I think the long term project of elevating French football, which I think is the best integration of the toughness of the Premier League and and the elegance and speed of other leagues. I like it a lot. I like mm -hmm. the so I'd love to see it propagated. Should we should we focus back on the game though? Well, on the, I, on the Barcelona well, Paris Saint Germain game. We can. We like, uh, yeah. The question yeah. I want to ask, and it, that was a good uh, conversation we had. But I, I want to go around and I want to ask, uh, and Guillaume, um, this will probably be the title of the podcast. Did PSG kill Barcelona with that four-one? Have they killed them as a club? Will we see them no, back at this level? No. I know. I know soon? where you're going. I mean, remember what Bayern Munich did to them. But they still have Messi, but we, what we did, this is probably the last time you're going to see Messi at Barcelona in the Champions League. They're, they're basically now. bankrupt. Who are they going to bring in? Did PSG, for all intents and purposes, kill Barcelona? Wait till the second... Let's wait what, to so see the, what happens. They're the walking around, their, their arms hanging off, you know, like... <laughs> They're limping. They look like something. We, we, like a we may put the nail on the coffin um, with a nice four to five no victory at Parc des Princes on the second leg. Then, then, then yeah, it, it would feel like you know. But they've been unable to beat any top teams in a year, and uh, it's pathetic to see. And uh, well, you want screw them, um, especially for us. It's it, it feels great. Because of what they, the way you know, la la remontada puta, the 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 the, the awful night with this referee. Come on, come on! And if we can put a nail, let's do it with a with the most powerful nail gun uh, possible in the second leg. And I hope we are going to be ruthless and destroy this team. And it's a, you know, it's it. It'd be it'd be a wonderful thing. I think they deserve to be destroyed by by Paris Saint Germain <laughs> twice. <laughs> then yeah, we'll be like yeah, maybe we we killed them, you I know. Think, and I then and then Messi and then Messi's gonna say oh yeah, I've chosen Paris Saint Germain and Leonardo is gonna say no, we're good. So, sorry, we're good. Right. <laughs> um, I think there's a combination of Guillaume. There's a Chinese club that's interested if you want. You know, Inter Miami. We have Neymar and Mbappe. We good. Thank you, Lionel. We love you so much. <laughs> If you combine Guillaume and Ty's points, though, there's there's a clear answer here, right? The the three the the three goal loss to us, followed by the three goal loss to Juventus. That's the first time that's happened in one season for Barcelona. It's the first time they've lost three goals in a, twice in 20 years, right? So we're catching them at the bottom of the bottom of the bottom of their decline. Oh. Like, that's just true. I, yeah, I don't care. I, I feel no pity for them. But tiny violin. True, right? I'm playing a tiny violin. So uh, if we are what we think we are, and if Barcelona is what we think it is, then this next match matters. And how it comes out matters. I think it does. Right? And if we don't lay the hammer, then that whole narrative gets subverted. Yeah. Right? We have to lay the hammer and put them out of their misery. We, you yeah. Know, we, we got to play. Dead, we have to make them like we played. I tweeted out there like that liquid metal guy from Terminator. Like you can't shoot it. 
You can't light it on fire. Like, I don't even know how they ended up killing that guy in Terminator. It's been so long. But, like, yeah, you've got to, like, kill Barcelona, like, 50 times before they're actually dead. Anybody else? (laughs) Have we killed Barcelona? Matt, do you want to get in on this? Um, I mean, I think Barcelona have pretty much killed themselves, haven't they? I mean, like, one of you guys mentioned Clement Longley earlier. I mean... If if he's in the same team as Messi, you're doing something wrong, aren't you? Like, no offense to him, like he's not a terrible player, but he is not. He shouldn't be at Barcelona. He shouldn't be starting in the Champions League like last 16 games. So, I think they've got bigger problems than us. But I agree. Uh, basically, I think we just need to first make world sure problems. Properly dead. Yeah, maybe. I think did 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 the liquid metal guy get electrocuted in the end? Did is they that do what something it was? like that? I'm not sure. I don't know. I can't really remember either. But Didn't whatever, we need to. He's like some kind of thing to like freeze Maybe. them. I don't, I don't well, remember. But. We need to we need to either freeze yeah. them or electrocute them. Do something to them. Just basically <laughs> fuck them up a bit at the, in the second leg, and uh, and uh, yeah, then everybody will be and happy. And there's no reason why we can't because they have no the the way we dominated the midfield with with Verratti and Paredes. Uh, what they can do? What what can they do about it? There's I don't see them having the weapons in the second leg. Uh, Paredes received and passed 93 balls. Uh, Verratti, 79. Pedri, 39. Busquet, 58. <laughs> At home. <laughs> Love it. Uh, uh, what are you going to do, Barcelona? They have no, they have no solution. Well, they, Unless they be, Messi yeah. is in a state of grace. <laughs> and 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 scores you know a brace and and tie or i don't yeah it's gonna yeah let's um and you know it's very spanish when the bull is like all bloody and all you have the toreador the matador coming in and and, and that's what we gotta do in a second that's what you gotta do in a second. yeah we should get the back on the, for that purpose. Right. <laughs> i don't know if you guys saw the post game the post-match press conference with kuman but he knows it too. Yo, it does. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He was very clear. PSG are a structured team with depth, and we are a team in transition, was the mm-hmm. language he used around Barcelona. Yeah. So, so he yeah. knows that they don't have the pieces. But, you know, to be the best, you got to beat the best. And we have to show it. We have to, we have to show that there's a real gap between this club and decline and where we're going by doing it. So they're not dead until we make them dead. And you know what? In that return leg, after those assholes at Barcelona were lighting off fireworks outside of the PSG hotel, I want the ultras out there, whatever hotel that the Barcelona players are staying staying in, and light off 50 more fireworks. Just moon them. Moon them. I want fire alarms going off. I want, like, outside your doors. Just like... I mean, I think France is under a fairly, fairly strict curfew. I don't care. I'm paying all fees to get out. If you get locked up, I got you. I think NASA. I think NASA can probably cover it. Yeah, fine. Yeah. I got a direct line to NASA. We'll get you out. Don't worry. We've got this. Uh, Ty, if you want to talk about how we killed Barcelona, um, but also I want to go back around. The other question I want to ask everyone before we get out of here is: Do we even need Neymar? Let's say he's. 95 percent would you no 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 not not need him for the return leg Uh, uh, calm down we do need neymar but would you play him in the return leg if he's not 100 percent healthy that's my question go ahead you're a a walking sound clip you just want people to clip what you say on our podcast just to replay it to you later i gotta i I, I can't i can't stay around you too long dude (laughs) i can't stay around you too long um did we kill barcelona um no i think you know it's a combination of when you have to be what you say, you know, if, if we truly are the team that we think this is the team that we should beat and we should beat comfortably if we want to achieve the the level, you know, that we expect to. Um, also, I think, you know, Barcelona is in, is in a state of transition. I mean, let's be honest, PK, Sergio Busquets in the midfield, he his legs are gone. Yeah, Busquets, okay. his, his, his legs are gone. Jordi Alba, I mean, he's he's on the way out as well. Um, also, La Masia is one of the best academies in the world. They will be back, right? Just like AC Milan, they were also a club that I think if you go back through history, their downfall or recent downfall, they're on the rise again, was due to their own financial you know, mishaps. And I think Barcelona is going through the same thing. You have Messi on ridiculous wages. You also probably, 
gave PK and, and Busquets a deal that was too long. You know, three years past their prime, they should have reinvested in youth earlier. So they will be down for a little bit, um, but they'll be back. Barcelona, is, they're a club that's too big and has too much of a following um, to stay down forever. You know, presidential race will be will be key as well. Um, but no, the, I think, listen, I think we do have the opportunity, though, with that being said, to put an end to the Messi era. I do think that we have an opportunity to really make Messi look in the mirror and just honestly, which I think he's there already, come to grips with the fact that this time at Barcelona is coming to an end and this team is not going to be ready to compete. If he wants to compete in the Champions League at a high level, he won't be able to do that there for a long time um, unless he's willing to stay for a full rebuild. So did we kill Barcelona? No. Um, do we have a chance to end the Messi era? PK era, yes. I think you know after this they'll really have to look at cleaning house, um, whether it's paying out individuals and just saying, hey, leave. I think PK said it last year, right at A2, um, he said that you know I will gladly walk away because things need to change. Um, and I think this has been happening for a while, year after year. Roma, Juventus, Liverpool, Bayern Munich. So um, we have the chance to close the door, but but in no ways did we did we start this. Um, it's kind of self-inflicting wounds. Just to kind of, I guess, answer your other question, mm -hmm. do we need Neymar? For the Move. return leg. Uh, for the return leg. Do not, we need him? We need, I want Neymar. I love Neymar. No. I want to keep him. I'm talking about for the return leg. If he's not 100%, would you play him? Yeah, I, I think, from you the know, bench. An okay, idea, from the bench. In, in an ideal world, do we need him? No. Um, would I like to see him play? You know, are we, I don't want to, I see a lot of fans on, oh, you know, even pundits, you know, do they really need Neymar? Like, do they want to extend Neymar? Like, people need to pump the brakes a little bit. Agreed. Neymar 100%. is the engine for this team. Like, this team back. usually does not function without him, right? That was a one-off. Now, if they do it again without him and it's a consistent thing, maybe I, I still won't get on that train because I still think Neymar is one of the best players in the world. So he only makes us better. He doesn't hurt us, right? Um, I think it's Pacha's job to figure out where he fits in best and, and how to get the most out of him um so yeah i think in an ideal world if if he's not 100 percent, then no don't play him right I, I think this lead hopefully i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not gonna be a walking soundbite this lead hopefully is is good enough for what we need to at least yeah. advance um you know we still could see a different performance right in, in france it, it wouldn't be the first time that uh, PSG made made us eat our words, so um, I need time. to see it again. I need to see it again more consistently. And if Neymar is close to ready, then yeah, maybe 20 minutes, right? Maybe you you play the game, and um, hopefully you, you don't enter a situation where you have to kind of break the glass and hit the red button because you know we we concede you know two goals early because of stupid mistakes. Um, but even if we are winning and he's ready to go, then he should see at least you know 10, 15 minutes to just start. Getting him, and that really determines on if he plays any games leading up to that. If he plays one or two games before the Barcelona game, then yeah, he should start. He should he, definitely he should play. start, and he and he should play. Now, does he play the full game? No, I, I think if this game is almost over, I think it's also a great opportunity, right, that we haven't seen in the past for PSG to get young kids in and get them Champions League experience, right? If, if we're two nil up and the, the aggregate score is six nil, um, and it's the last twenty minutes, why not get a Javi in there? Why not get a Cades Ruiz or someone else to start getting our young players the experience, right? Even if we choose them on loan, letting other clubs see that these kids can perform under the big lights, under some of the best is how you, you know, open up doors for other players as well. So yeah. um, if there's no need to play our top players for the full 90, then they shouldn't. I mean, Barcelona did bring in a 12-year-old, so I mean, we can bring in some of our, our young guys. Uh, Matt, what do you think about Neymar? Should he should we play him? And uh, I, I'm kind of thinking, let's play him just because I want to I want to see him score and uh, see if he celebrates or not. <laughs> yeah, I hope that he will give it the absolute big one in front of their bench if he scores a Kiss goal the badge, him. Neymar! That would be hilarious, exactly, yeah. Um, I think that it would... I, it's hard to say at this point, isn't it? But I think that you don't really take any risks assuming that we're not in peril of going out. So um, I would probably ideally have him on the bench and bring him on for a bit as well. But I also think that we should be realistic and that if he is even 75% fit, I think he'll be playing for sure. He's, he's not going to be, he's to not gonna be back. He's not going to be back. Well, so, so Guillaume, you, you don't think he'll be back? I mean, do you want to answer the question? No. Let's say he plays and scores. Does he celebrate? Do he's think? not going to be back. You, you see on social media, he's got his whole leg completely braced up. Like it's a big, it's a big injury again. It's a big uh, muscle injury. So now they, they're like compressing. I mean, it's it, 
So it's a non it's a non issue. Well, I haven't heard the, the question. Di Maria Di Maria perhaps, yeah, but Neymar yeah. won't be back for the return leg. Sorry, Mel. Go I think ahead. I agree with that. I think Neymar is going to actually be out six to eight weeks, yeah. not the four. But yeah, I think you all started this podcast talking about Pochettino as a coach, and if you notice that when he talks about people playing, he talks about having seen them in practice or having seen them in the game. Oh yeah, right. So We're what will determine practice. whether Neymar plays is like Ty said, if he's playing in previous games, but it's also that practice, the run up. Right. What does he look like in the run up to that particular game will determine not only whether he plays or whether um, but whether how long, how many minutes he plays. Yeah. Uh, practice. Apparently, the intensity went a little up <laughs> since Pacino. Oh, he's no joke. No joke for that. And it's great. It's it's good. It's really good. Absolutely. Guys, this has been great. We're coming up on an hour. Um, you've mentioned the game tomorrow in the Europa League. Keep an eye on Leal. Uh, PSG's got a game this weekend uh, on Sunday. Big against, one. Yeah, big one against Monaco. You want to tune in for that? Really interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Monaco, Monaco, Monaco is doing great. Oh, what a beautiful league we have this year. Yeah, And I apologize oh. to Monaco. I said that Barcelona would finish probably no higher than fourth in Ligue 1, and that was disrespectful to Monaco. So all of our Monaco <laughs> listeners, I apologize. <laughs> Barcelona right below you in fifth place. Um, PSG, the return leg, when uh, March 10th. Um, so that's uh-huh. when we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll do a preview pod. We'll do a reaction to that. And then hopefully we'll be on to the next round. Let's just go around. Mel, how can people find you on social media if they want to react to anything you said here today? Uh, I'm on Twitter at I am Mel Brennan. Fantastic. Uh, find me there. Wonderful. And then Matt, how can people find you? Uh, if you head over to at PSG Tourist on Twitter, I've been busy with the uh, PK Mbappe photo today, and I plan to uh, uh, amuse myself with that for a good few hours to come. So, uh, so yeah. They've got to put out some Jordan gear with uh, with that logo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's so iconic. Uh, you see, yeah, some guy did a great, um, great yeah. artist impression of it. It was amazing. Oh yeah, yeah, that, yeah. it's all over the internet. Like, yeah. yeah. Have you shared that on the PSG Talk uh, feed, Ed? Uh, yes, I most certainly did. I, I definitely yeah. saw that. It's great. Um, Guillaume, how can uh, people find you? Off the door one on Twitter. That's about one. it. Last but not mm-hmm. least, Ty. Yeah, you can find me at um, Ty Pound Sign on Twitter. And, you know, for all football fans, I think, you know, great performances and great competitors, right? Raise the performance levels of other competitors. And if you enjoyed some of today's games, I think uh, Holland had a great game today. He definitely watched the game last night where Mbappe played, and he uh, he had a game today for sure. Him and Sancho, they had a great game. Can we do a whole podcast on Haaland versus Mbappe and who's better? God, he's such that's a I think. Haaland's <laughs> <laughs> a, a fraud, isn't he? Let's play, that's no, that's no, the official no, no. PSG tour position, isn't it? He's an absolute no, no. fraud, doesn't know what he's doing. I can't get on that no. train, guys. I can't get on that, no. can't get on that train. I, 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 don't, I don't buy that he's at Mbappe's level, but he, he, he's definitely, a, he's definitely a player, though. He's a he's player. interesting. I'm bleeping no, out all mentions player, of Aland. I don't want to talk about him. He's a weirdo. I don't like him. He's out of. I don't care about him. And Ty, I just really is your Twitter handle. Is that like a play off the Ty dollar sign? Yeah, it was. Uh, like my it. friends told me to make that years ago, and it just it stuck, so I just never changed it. That's great. Very <laughs> clever. Um, I'm at PSG Talk. Not nearly as clever, but I'm all over social media. You can follow me. Subscribe to our YouTube channel um, and, and visit the website, of course. We've got our writers busy hammering away content, recapping everything. And uh, we'll, we'll do this again soon, talk about the league, and then we'll have another Barcelona um, preview podcast and we'll shit on them some more so thank you all very much for joining me on this show this was like a mega podcast it's been great thank you so much and we'll catch you next time later guys Bye. cheers